Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. So I had a few bad habits when I was growing up, and they're habits that I still think about to this day. Um, and why would I still think about old habits from the time I was a kid? Well, I really wonder if they might have stunted my growth a little bit. The first one is sleeping. I never used to sleep as much as I was probably recommended to sleep. I still don't. Um, even as a little kid, I couldn't fall asleep at night. I'd, I'd usually fall asleep somewhere around 11 p.m. and I'd wake up maybe at seven o'clock or so. Uh, eight hours of sleep for a little five-year-old kid, it's just not enough. You're supposed to get more. And I wonder, okay, did that cost me an inch or two in height? Uh, the other habit is soda. Like, I used to drink soda like crazy. It was all I drank. Um, so much so that I don't even remember drinking water like ever as a kid. Something I can't imagine doing to my kids now. All we have in our house is water to drink. Uh, but I, I wonder, okay, did that cost me an inch or two of height? Because I didn't get the right nutrition in me or the right sleep in me. You see, the, the human person has an amazing capacity for growth. Uh, no matter what you might want to be growing in, people can become unbelievably proficient in any number of things with the right environment and the right practices in place. You want to learn how to play an instrument? Literally anyone who puts in the time and effort can learn how to play music. Uh, you want to become a lawyer? Now, I've once coached a girl who didn't know uh, the meaning of at least one word that I said in, in a pregame speech almost every game. And it was so bad that, as a joke, her teammates actually bought her a dictionary at the end of the season. And now that girl graduated law school and is literally a practicing lawyer. You want to get in shape. You want to have a six-pack. Again, there's no secret to it. Change your eating habits, start working out the right way, and anybody can literally transform their body. It happens every day. The ability that we have as humans to grow is fascinating. But the ability that we have to stay stuck in place or fall down on our faces is also really staggering. It's way easier not to grow. And whether you're talking about your spiritual life or your finances or your physical health or your relationships with people, let's face it, it takes way more work to be growing in any area of our lives than it takes to struggle. Struggle's easy. A huge part of living our lives on purpose is making the right choices that lead to growth. And those choices are not always easy. They're choices that, frankly, they require some supernatural help. If we're left all on our own, we will not grow. We will gradually weaken. And think of it this way. Our spiritual, financial, physical, and relational lives almost always adhere to something that, that actually looks a little bit like the second law of thermodynamics. In the most simple terms, this law says that entropy, which is the, this gradual decline towards disorder, that entropy always increases in an enclosed system. And so those things, they lose energy unless it's supplied with energy from an out, outward source. Frankly, your growth is always going to be stunted unless energy for your growth is being added. You can't just sit on your hands and assume that your faith or your love or your patience in your life is going to grow. It will be stunted if energy isn't being poured into it from somewhere. Now, today in our final message in the Acts series that we're, we've been going through, we're going to look at a guy who wanted to know God a little bit deeper, but he was dangerously close to having that knowledge stunted because of the people that he led around him. 
And I think this story brings up a great question for all of us. If I'm really living my life on purpose for Jesus, what is keeping my growth from moving at a healthy rate? Do I have what I need to have in place to keep my growth from being stunted? And so here's where this story is. It's from Acts 13, verses 1 through 12. The two of them, Paul and Barnabas, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there from, uh, from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They traveled through the whole land until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, uh, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you, and you are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Have you ever been in a space where things were just working exactly like they were supposed to in life? You know, like pre-2020, bills were paid, careers going well, uh, people respect you and they want to be around you, money's good, but yet something is missing. Uh, maybe it's the deal that you haven't made yet, or, or you're still playing catch up with all the work at home and you're never able to quite get ahead, or it's the personal goal that you have yet to reach. May, you know, for me, for a long time, it was student loans. They just, oh, they just, they still aren't paid. Or maybe yet it's a deeper spiritual issue that you haven't yet made a priority. Whatever it is, something in your soul is thirsty for something that this world quite, can't quite satisfy. Anybody else ever been there before? Because, see, I believe God sometimes will give you the small taste of everything you want in life just to help you see that you can have everything that this world has to offer, but if you don't have Jesus, life is still going to feel empty. And you're still going to be left wanting more. And there's a dude here in Acts 13 where that very well thing, it's kind of an adequate wrap-up of his personal story. His name is Sergius Paulus. He's this governor, the, the Bible calls it the proconsul, of this capital city named Paphos. Now, the Bible refers to him as an, an, an intelligent man. And when you're the governor, particularly back in those days, it was like being a king. Uh, quite simply, you didn't lack much in life. If you wanted something, you got it. Uh, one of the things that Sergius Paulus had was he had power. And I'm sure that he liked his power. And he better believed he aimed at keeping his power. And so he hears about these two Christians who they've been going around his city and they're pro proclaiming this new teaching to the people of the city. In fact, he likely heard about Paul and Barnabas from one of his attendants, this guy named Bar-Jesus, who is also called Elamas. And here's the deal. We're going to keep calling him Elamas for the rest of the day because saying Bar-Jesus about a guy that's not Jesus, it just sounds weird to me. So he's Elamas from this point forward. But Sergius, he likes his power. And when he hears about Paul and Barnabas from Elamas, and he hears about what they're preaching, there's likely this realization that this is something that he needs to know about. 
he needs to get the t to the top of this. Uh, he needs to get on top of this and get to the bottom of what these guys are preaching in his city because people are going to start buying into it. And if you remember anything about the story of Jesus, when he was being questioned by Pontius Pilate, uh, the, main, the main thing that governors were trying to do back in this time was they were trying to keep the peace within the Jewish communities. They didn't want disruptions of any kind. And so it's likely that the reason that Sergius wanted to hear the word of God from these guys, Paul and Barnabas, was not so much that he was looking to have his own heart changed, but it's likely that he was just trying to keep the peace. He was an intelligent man and he wanted to be well-informed. Now, honestly, from reading in Acts 13, there's no real indication that Sergius already kind of recognized that some, something was missing in his life. Uh, he may have wanted to hear what they had to say because he lacked something in his spiritual well-being, but he may also have just wanted to hear from them simply so that he could be informed and hold on to his power. But whatever the reason was, something clicked in him as he listened to them share the gospel with him. In all of his excess, he had whatever he wanted, whether it be money or women or a big home or power. In all of his excess, there was something missing in Sergius Paulus's life. He was naturally intelligent. And as the gospel was preached to him, he had this self-awareness to realize that God had another level that he wanted to take him to in his life. And here's something about intelligence that I think Sergius Paulus shows in, in this chapter in Acts. Uh, intelligent people are those who are open to deeper understanding and going to the next level. See, an openness to learning, even better, really a need to learn, is always going to be a block to the things that might otherwise stunt your growth. I don't think it's a person's IQ that's always the, the determining factor in a person's intelligence. In fact, lots of people out there have high IQs and they're kind of dumb in life. Right, let's be honest, okay? Real intelligence is actually found in knowing that you're really not all that intelligent and knowing that there's always something more to learn. There's always something more that God might want to have you see in life. So for me, there was about a three-month stretch where I started to do some basketball refereeing. And can I just say, you don't know what you don't know about a sport until you start to try to ref that sport. I was refing a game. Uh, it had to be one of the hardest kind of games to ref that there is. It was a fifth grade girls basketball game. You could literally blow your whistle every 2.6 seconds in a fifth grade girls basketball game. And, and so you're trying to determine when to do that. Well, one time I'm handing this ball to a girl for her to make an inbounds pass. And her feet are shuffling all over the place. Now, back in high school, I used to always be my team's inbounder. When we had a basket, we're inbounding underneath our own basket. My coach would always tell me, don't shuffle your feet. Don't move around because you might get a violation. And so I thought I knew what the rule was. I thought that you, had to, you could only move one foot and you had to keep the other one there, kind of like the pivoting rule when you're inbounds. You can only move one foot. But So this girl, man, she's moving her feet around everywhere. And finally, I'd had enough. And so I, just, I blow the whistle and I call travel on her. Uh, girl was walking around everywhere, but she was out of bounds for an inbounds pass. And so her coach explodes on me. He's like, I'm a master level ref. That's not a violation. You can't call a travel there. I'm a master level ref. And he had to tell me that like a couple times he's a master level ref. And I was already sure that the violation wasn't actually a travel by name, but I didn't know what else to call it. And so I'm like, coach, I might be wrong, but I made the call. I got to go with it. And I kind of did that just to stick it to him. I could have changed the call, but I was, I was angry at him. 
And so here's what I figured out afterwards. The inbound passer has this kind of vague three foot wide spot from which they can inbound the ball once they're handed the ball. And she can go back as far back as she wants to in that three foot wide zone. And so it's a real judgment call. Uh, that's why it never gets called. You can move your feet around. Now see, I thought I had known the basketball rules here. And I learned that day that I had things to learn about the rule book. I needed to be open to this deeper understanding and a willingness to let my knowledge go to a deeper level. Now, I love what the book of Proverbs says, and I think there's a few things here that really apply to what we're talking about here. Proverbs 28, 26 says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. The gospel shows us that we are, we're all really pretty unwise on our own. As righteous as we might think we are, we fall absolutely short of the standard that God sets for us. We need Jesus to take us to that next level. I can't trust myself to get me to that next level without God. No matter what it costs me, and, and likely it's going to cost me my pride, it is worth going after an understanding of God of how he wants us to grow. It's worth getting rid of everything that stunts our growth. And that's really what it seems that Sergius Paulus was figuring out as Paul and Barnabas preached the good news to him. But what happens when you realize that it's time to make a good change in your life? What happens when you decide to go on a diet? The neighbor stops over with a pie and you feel rude. Like, I can't, I can't not eat the pie that they brought over. What happens when you decide that you want to start working out again? Well, my stomach hurts this morning because I ate that whole pie from my neighbor last night because they brought it over. I, I, can't, I can't move now. Isn't it interesting that as soon as we, we make up our minds to shift gears to make some kind of improvement in our lives, something makes shifting those gears more difficult. You decide not to just go to church every now and then, but you want to I mean, get plugged into a small group. Instead of just saying prayers together as a family at dinner time, now you want to start reading your Bible together as a family and doing couples devotionals together as a husband and wife. And, but now here comes the opposition, desiring to distract and detour you from your growing. That's exactly what happened in this story to Sergius Paulus. He found truth in the good news that was being shared with him and it, it seemed worthy of change but then there's Elamas the sorcerer standing right next to him right in his ear trying to distract him from where he was supposed to go Acts 13 8 again it says but Elamas the sorcerer the sorcerer for that's what his name it means opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith see even the most intelligent people often keep the most destructive voices too close are there destructive voices in your life that are stunting your growth in some way? Ask yourself this, who or what is your personal LMS? Who's that person that just seems to be always keeping you from turning over a new leaf uh, that, that you know you're supposed to turn over? And let's be honest, for some of us, we are our own LMS. We know all the right things that we should be thinking or doing. We, we know all the all the ways that we should be trying to walk in a different path. We know all the bad habits that we should be fighting against and all the good habits that we should be fighting for. But we've become experts at turning ourselves from sound reasoning. And now we're just trying to keep the status quo. Sometimes though, it's best friends who actually stunt each other's growth. There's almost this fear that if the other one changes and makes their life better in some way that we're gonna start growing apart. 
Ask yourself this honestly. Are, are my closest friends and me the same that we were when we met, or are we better people for having known one another? You know, parents know when their kids have a friend who's stunting their child's growth. It's no fun to watch. But it's like you've got to let them, they got to see it themselves. They've got to learn for it themselves. You've seen the stereotype in shows and movies where people are, they're still hanging out with the same friends that they had in high school. And all of them are just as clueless as when they were in high school. You know, if your closest friendships aren't making you better and you're not making those friends better, something's got to change. Either a dynamic in the relationship has to change or you need to find healthier friendships. No one needs an LMS in their ear constantly keeping them from growing. There's no shame in talking about things that make you vulnerable with your friends. If a friend can't handle difficult conversations, conversations that people need in order to, to stretch each other and both grow as people, then that friend might be a growth stunter. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17, I think is a perfect endorsement of what the right kind of friendship should look like for us. The right kind of voices that you want close to you. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Is there an LMS in your life? Have you been an LMS in someone else's life? I'm telling you, don't let those kinds of relationships keep you from the full understanding of God's goodness and grace in your life. Uh, but something else actually pretty cool happened in this story that we read today. Uh, through Paul, God, I think, displays a power to bring light to the things in Sergius's life that was stunting his growth. God displayed a power to destroy the power that those things held over him. I'm going to read Acts 13, 9 through 12 once again. It says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that's right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And when the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. See, God displays the power to bring destructive thinking to light and to destroy it. One thing that's really important to, to see here is that it wasn't Paul himself who saw Elamas, this growth stunter, for what he was. It was the Holy Spirit in Paul that brought things to light. As the Holy Spirit filled Paul, he called out the enemy for what it was. And it was the Lord that brought darkness upon that growth stunter. Uh, if you want to grow today, you've got to look to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be key getting the power of the Holy Spirit working for you. If, you. if you keep trying for spiritual growth or emotional growth, relational growth, and you, you're trying for it on your own, you are going to wind up falling short. There's a dynamic that you simply can't find any other way but through God's help. And so I think this story really helps us to see three things that we need to be willing to ask God for on a regular basis if you want to grow. If you want to be free of everything that stunts your growth, there's three things that we got to be asking God for. And so here are the three things that I, that I think we need to ask God to, as we seek to grow in Him. The first thing is this, Lord, open my eyes to any truth right now that I am unaware of. The second thing is this, Lord, reveal to me the voices that are speaking deception into my heart. And then the third thing is this, Lord, break the hold that any darkness may have over my life. 
Again, just a quick repeat. Number one, open my eyes to any truth that I'm unaware of. Number two, reveal to me the voices that are speaking deception into my heart. And then three, God, break the hold that any darkness may, may hold over my life. See, Sergius first had to have his eyes open to the truth of the gospel. And when Paul and Barnabas reached, preached to him, uh, his eyes were opened. And then through Paul, by way of the Holy Spirit, it was revealed to Sergius that Elamas was deceiving him. His supposed friend was keeping him down, but Sergius, he still needed help. The Lord had to break the hold that Elamas actually had over Sergius's heart. Today, are there things that have, have a hold on your heart that are keeping you from growing? If you feel that you haven't been growing, if you're looking around your life and you're like, I'm just not growing, maybe today your first step can be to simply ask God to show you the things that you're not seeing. The truths that you're unaware of are the voices that you're allowing to deceive you. If we're going to live our lives on purpose for God, man, we have to aim our lives at growth. And that means we have to let God break hold of, of all those growth stunters that are in our lives. What are those things that you need to be broken free from today? What's keeping you from growing? Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God who you give us power to grow. But God, there are things in all of our lives that are stunting our growth, whether it's spiritual or emotional, relational, physical, financial. Lord, there's, there's so many ways that, that our growth gets stunted. We become blind to the things that we are, that are, that are hurting us, and we don't see it. God, right now I'm asking that you open our eyes this week in a supernatural way to the things that are holding us back, the things that are stunting our growth in any way, in any place in our lives, but particularly spiritually, God. I pray that you'd open our eyes that we might see what's deceiving us, what's holding us back. And God, I pray that you would give us power the power that only you have to, to, to lighten our load, to release us from those things that are, that are holding us down. God, we need you. We need your supernatural strength because in our own right, we are so stuck into our ways at times, even ways that are, are, are incredibly hurtful to us. God, I ask that you guide us all this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.